Hey y'all, welcome to Oh Wow the Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host Augustine and today we're getting into Season 3, Episode 7, JJ. If any of you are on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about when I say Bama Rush is taking over the internet. I have been deep in the throes of watching incoming college freshmen get rushed into sororities at southern colleges that I've never heard of in my life and yeah so I'm having a bit of an identity crisis trying to manage my anglophile podcast talking about skins while also being so deeply entrenched in the Bama Rush and if you guys are on Bama Rush TikTok you know tomorrow's bid day so I'm freaking out Anyway, good luck to all the girlies who are trying to get into sororities. Not sure what the crossover demographic is for those people listening to this pod, but I'm sure there's an intersection somewhere. Anyway, today we're getting into JJ's episode. We don't find out too much about his family life, but we kind of see who his mom is, and we just learn a lot more about JJ, so I'm really happy about that. He's a great character. And this episode brings so much to the table, so let's just jump right into it. The episode opens in JJ's bedroom, and he's crashing a model plane. I'm not super informed about those particular collectible items, but I know that it's a thing. People build model planes, and apparently this one was like remote-controlled, and we just see that JJ's definitely got more of a youthful bedroom setup than the other characters where Effie's room is just like drug paraphernalia and sex slang written on the walls and everyone else kind of has like a normal teenage bedroom quote-unquote. JJ's room is filled with like model planes and toys so we get a little bit of an introduction into him and inside of his world. He also has this really detailed wall that's sort of connecting the dots of everything in his life and it's like a flow chart of all the people and the events and that's really cool. I think it's a really interesting detail that they put in his room. It also just shows his notes and his commentary on his opinions between all the relationships and the drama, everything that we've seen so far in this season. So that's really cool. He walks outside, and the neighborhood kids immediately start picking on him, calling him Gay J, as Chelsea pointed out in the episode I did with them, and so we just see that immediately he's getting shit on, and he kind of just turns his head down and walks and ignores them. He goes down to the collector's shop, and he's picking up a bunch of new model planes to build and play with and you can see that it's also like a coping mechanism for him when he's upset and stressed out to go buy more of them and have more of an escapist approach. His next stop is to the psych assessment center where he has a meeting with I guess a psychiatrist and the center is just a reflection of really shoddy mental health resources, which I've heard that mental health resources in England are pretty bad and like pretty minimal, and that's coming from an American where it's pretty bad here too, but 
I have heard that the NHS is like really bad with mental health care generally. So if you've had a good experience, that's awesome because that's definitely not what I've heard. Um, just as an American. There's this sign on the wall that says mothers coping with Asperger's and that is another theme that we see through this episode is basically just how autism and Asperger's, which um, JJ definitely has autism as we see later on, but it's treated as an issue with the individual that everyone else has to cope with and I have a lot of opinions on that, so we're going to get into it as we go through the episode, but just that sign was very reflective of sort of a general attitude towards people who are neurodivergent. There's just so many things wrong with the psych center and the doctor saying, oh, it seems like you're worrying. You know what we say about worrying? And JJ says, just don't. And the doctor's like, right, just don't worry about things. Which, I mean, if that worked, oh my god, I would be cured so instantly of all of my troubles in life. That would be so amazing if we could just turn off the worrying switch. Wouldn't that be great? JJ brings up this issue where he's very distraught about what's going on with Effie and Freddie and Cook, and that's one of the main topics of his episode, is just that whole triangle and how it's destroying their friendship that they've had since they were kids. So he brings it up to the doctor and says, I think my friends don't like me and they hate each other. And the doctor basically says, oh, well, then that's the problem, is that your friends hate each other, which is so not helpful at all. And JJ is just begging for someone to listen to him. The doctor won't listen to him. His friends don't listen to him. The doctor literally just shoves more pills at him and says, oh, take these and then you can be normal. Like, it's a literal caricature of bad mental health resources but it's also triggering because i've literally had people do and say these exact things and i think most people who suffer with mental health issues have had people literally just shove pills at you or say oh just be happy just cheer up i had a boss once who gave me a bracelet that said just smile and i was like karen that's not her real name Karen, I'm fucking depressed. Like, giving me a jelly bracelet that says smile is not gonna do shit except make me feel worse. So JJ's really frustrated and fed up, and he's starting to get really angry because it gets so frustrating when no one will listen to you and no one takes you seriously. You just feel invisible. So he smashes, like, the trash can and throws a rack of pamphlets at the floor, and no one even looks up, which, oh my god, like... I relate to JJ so much in this episode. Just as a teenager especially, I would feel like I didn't exist and like I was a ghost. And I don't know what that is about autism, but it's just like maybe because people just think that you're weird, they just ignore everything that you say or they think that you don't really mean what you're saying and so they can just kind of brush off what you're saying and doing because they're like, oh, that's just the weird person being weird, whatever, no big deal. So... That was interesting. Nobody looks up when he's, like, throwing a fit. And it is in that typical skin cinematic style, too, where you're like, is this really happening? Or is he just imagining destroying everything because he's so angry? I don't know. It's interesting. It's kind of that eerie... What is it called? Like, uncanny valley kind of feeling with the cinematography. But then he runs into Emily, which is definitely real. 
and she's also got an appointment at this facility. So this begins their little bit of a friendship that they have through the episode, which is really nice. And we see that JJ is getting overstimulated, even just talking to Emily, having a little bit of a one-on-one conversation. He's really nervous talking to girls, especially, and he starts stuttering and getting mad at himself. And Emily's just super comforting and kind of like, just not laughs at him, but kind of just laughs because it's like, JJ, it's okay. (laughs) He asks Emily why she's at the facility, and she says that it's because she's gay, and she's getting counseling to start telling people in her life about it, and he just passes out. (laughs) It's cute. So apparently he's able to collect himself, and they hang out for the day. They go sit on this nice little hill, and... He gives her this, like, fizzy vitamin C tablet, which is so funny because the way he was talking about it, I was like, oh, this is totally me with cough drops. Just have, like, 20 cough drops a day because I just like how they feel, especially the menthol ones. So that was relatable, but she starts, (laughs) like, choking and puking on it because she chugs Coke with a fizzy tablet, which is not a good combination. And he kind of heimlicks her, and then there's this awkward moment and just she's like jj what's your deal dude basically and he says that he just wants to be normal and i think most autistic people can relate especially if you're sort of involved in a big friend group and you stand out as the autistic one which again is just super relatable everything about jj that i'm saying is just basically me being like oh that's me And, like, most of my friends can relate, too, that are neurodivergent in some way. So JJ says he just wants to be normal, he wants to lose his virginity, drink a milkshake without going into anaphylactic shock, he wishes his friends would listen to him, and he wants to tell Effie that he loves her. So that, in my mind, is something that I'm just watching out for through this episode, how many of those things he's able to do. I wish that they would have put... A scene of him drinking the milkshake at the end because I feel like that would have been really cute but I don't think that they do anyway so Emily and JJ go over to Freddy's because Emily's encouraging him to start speaking up for himself and asking for things asking for what he wants and he's like all right fine so they go to Freddy's so that he can speak his mind because he's really upset about the way Cook and Freddy are treating him rightfully so They're very patronizing to him. And Karen is at the door, and she's all confused about Emily being there, and there's just this awkward moment. So we all go upstairs and see that Katie and Freddie are fucking. Dot, dot, dot. Where did that come from? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is where that starts happening. Katie and Freddie, ew, weird. But whatever. I guess we'll just see what happens with that. And of course, Emily's like, what the hell are you doing? And Katie just kind of gives her usual sass and says, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Maybe my weirdo sister's up for you, JJ. And JJ says, oh no, that's ridiculous because Emily's gay. And he just like outs her by accident. Being brutally honest is definitely a tough part of being autistic and sometimes just blurting out something when you... Know that you shouldn't say it, but if someone puts you on the spot, you just kind of answer honestly. It's really hard to lie, which is really tough, because as we see, most of the neurotypical world is based on lying. 
or skewing things to be in your favor. And then there's autistic people out here just being like, oops, <laughs> shouldn't have said that, whoops. But he blurts it out. Freddy's just like, let's go to the shed and get out of here. What the fuck, JJ? And okay, whatever I said about Freddy in the last episode where he was being really cute with Effie and they were being so sweet, now there's this contrast again where we see Freddy's just being kind of a D-bag this whole episode to everybody. And I think it's just because he's mad at Cook and he's mad at Effie and he's mad at the both of them for fucking and... It's like, okay, well, don't be mean to JJ. JJ has every right to want to be treated better by Freddy and Cook. He deserves better. He's not the one fucking shit up for everybody, but of course, he's the scapegoat. So JJ says to Freddy that he's having a hard time with the friend group changing, and that makes perfect sense, too. Like, it can be really hard to adjust to changes in social dynamics, and I know I always have a hard time with friend groups changing and dynamics changing and it takes me a really long time to get used to social dynamics shifting and I'm like why can't everyone just be honest with each other and why does everyone have to be super dramatic and why do we have to have these like social hierarchies all the time? (laughs) I don't understand it. So Freddie's kind of talking back to JJ and saying hey there's an ultimatum you have to pick me or cook which is not fair to put on JJ at all. JJ is just pissed, like he's not getting anywhere with his friends, and he walks away and says, I am the normal one, and that, I think, is the most resounding feeling. Being autistic, I'm the normal one, you all treat each other like shit and lie all the time how is that considered the norm how does that make more sense than just being honest so jj is still really upset he's having a hard time he pours out all his pills and then cook calls him and cook gets a point for being the only one to remember that jj had a psyche valve that day so that's kind of nice and cook is kind of nice to jj's face but then he thinks that the phone calls over and cook is hooking up with someone and he's kind of saying like yeah you gotta have a fucking weirdo friend who's not gonna try to fuck the girls you're with basically which is like really awful to say about quote-unquote your best friend and then we hear another one of cook being like grab my balls yeah which like oh i just oh god so now jj's just at the end of his rope and he goes outside again He stands up to the kids bullying him. I'm glad he doesn't actually punch a kid in the face because I think that happens in an in-betweeners episode (laughs) where they just actually beat up a child, which is really bad. Um, But no, he just like threatens to hit this kid, but then pulls out a lollipop and scares the kid. So we can kind of see that's like the first thing for JJ to overcome is the kids bullying him. That should be pretty simple. He goes to Effie's house because he thought that Effie and Cook were hooking up and he was about to confront Effie and say, hey, don't talk about me like that. I don't appreciate that you and Cook are talking about me that way. And Effie's just blasting funk music naked in her bedroom alone, having a little bit of a mental breakdown. Effie's not doing so good. We can see this is very much a snapped, unhinged moment, and she's very unhinged looking this whole episode. Like, she's clearly mentally not doing well. 
which has a lot to do with her parents and her family. But JJ lets it slip because he's confronting her and she's like, I haven't seen Cook in days. I don't know who he was hooking up with. And of course, this is going to hurt her because she's a human who has feelings. So we get stressed out for Effie to find this out. And she brings JJ downstairs because he needs a glass of mango juice to calm down. There are so many iconic lines in this scene of the two of them together that are like famous TikTok audios and Tumblr scenes. Oh my god. I think everybody forgets that it's from, or people haven't seen the show so they don't know that it's from her talking to JJ at the kitchen table. So she says... Tell me something true, because they're talking about the pills he's taking, how these pills, the stun pills that he got from the psychiatrist earlier, are supposed to make you tell the truth. That's one of the side effects. So she says, tell me something true. And he says, I love you. And she goes, well, everybody loves me. And then on TikTok, it transitions into, like, crystal castles. (laughs) So that's a really famous line. And then there's another one where she's telling him about her family and she says i'm officially off the rails you should try it that's like such a famous tumblr gif moment so those two super iconic effie lines are from her and jj's friendship of all things he basically tells her to leave the guys alone and that her messing with freddie and cook is fucking up their whole friend group and he's really upset so he asks her to stop doing it and she says i can't and We don't really know why, and this is what he brings up with Cook later, too. Like, why can't you just stop doing shitty things? She has this sad moment when he's walking away, and she just says, Thanks for loving me. I'd like to be your friend. And he's just like, No, you can't just keep messing with my two best friends and ruining our friend group, and then also just be my friend, too, just because you want to. That's not how it works. It's a little bit of rejection for Effie. Next, JJ heads to this independent living facility for teens, which is where we find out Cook lives. And whom do we see giggling, walking out of the building after hooking up with Cook? But Pandora! Wow! It's just about as gross as Katie with Freddy that Pandora and Cook have been hooking up. Ew! It's gross. Katie and Freddy are pretty gross. Pandora and Cook are extremely gross. I hate that. Like, no. Nope, don't like that at all. So JJ just pretends he didn't see her leaving, and we don't have any explanation as to why Cook lives on his own in this type of building, but it seems pretty obvious based on his uncle who we've seen, who is the only family of Cooks we've seen so far, that... Cook does not have a supportive family. We'll find out a lot more about that in the next season, but Cook's just gross. He's just sad and gross, and JJ confronts Cook and says the same thing he tried to say to Freddy, and it goes just about as well, where he's like, I want you to listen to me. Stop treating me like a little dumb kid or not an equal, and stop doing shitty things and cook is like oh i can't stop doing shitty things because life is meant to be lived and if you don't you're just a little bitch and so i'm just gonna get out there and do things and this is the resounding attitude towards life that we have seen all of the non-autistic characters have is just like what cook says fuck everybody else fuck people and jj's just like how does this make sense that this is how society operates 
is this attitude of I'm gonna take whatever I want, I'm gonna do whatever I want, and like, fuck you, fuck your feelings, fuck other people, it's all about just getting your own and moving on, and I also hate that mindset. It's extremely depressing to me. So JJ yells, just care! He just wants people to care about other people, and he kind of just ends up pissed and screaming that they're all fucking twats, which they are, and Cook at least gives him a hug and says, hey, I love you, but in a condescending ass way, still. But at least he's not as much of an outward dick as Freddy's being. Like, why is Freddy being so rude to JJ? I think the issue, and this is my social issue too, is that JJ calls people out on the shit that they're doing and people don't like to be called out when they're doing dumb, awful shit. So then they shoot the messenger because they don't want anyone to call them out. They want to be able to just do shitty things in peace. And that's how I always end up getting socially isolated, too, is being like, hey, this person's doing something really shitty, and everyone being like, shut up! (laughs) Like, you're ruining the mood. Cook drags JJ out to go buy pills in this really sketchy alleyway, and they get raided by the cops, so they can't buy the pills. They end up escaping, so it's fine. They don't get in any trouble, but... Cook's just bitching about how they don't have any drugs for the night. So JJ, who is fucking pissed at this point, is like, here's my stun pills. Take a bunch of them. They'll get you really fucked up. Which is true. They do. We see that everything is leading up to them all going to this club night that Thomas is hosting. So first we see Effie in the line just sort of looking out of it and fucked up as usual. Naomi cuts in the line to talk to Effie, and she's like, oh, where's Cook? I thought you guys were together. And Effie's like, no, I just fuck him sometimes. And we can see that Effie does not love Cook. And she asks Naomi about Emily, and it seems like things are complicated again already. I don't know what happened, but they were so sweet in the last episode, and now things are weird again. So that stresses me out, but we'll find out what's going on with them at a later point and freddie's in line with katie because apparently they're a thing now and that stresses me out as well i'm getting very stressed i feel like jj just watching everybody do weird stressful shit and being like guys this is all wrong what are you all doing so thomas is hosting the night of course he's a happy guy and He says the band are Formidab, which makes me happy because it makes me think of the Stromae song, Formidab. If you ever took like an intro to French class, I'm sure you've heard that song. So I was like, hee hee, I know that word. And so yeah, Cook and JJ show up. There's this band playing. They sound like a Crystal Castles ripoff band. I couldn't find the name of the band. So if any of you guys know, feel free to write in what it is. I'm guessing it's just like a local UK band or something, but... They might be super famous, and I'm just really wrong. I don't know. Everybody's partying. Emily's drunk. Cook is, like, really fucked up on the pills, so he and Emily are just, like, grinding weirdly, and it's kind of distressing, so Katie pulls Emily away, which is a good move, because then Cook starts a fight with a bunch of random guys, because he's, like, totally just fucked up on these pills. Don't really know how this pill can be calming and make you angry and make you truthful but they're this these imaginary psychiatric meds i guess and then freddie yells at jj for giving cook the pills and it's like freddie stop yelling at jj for everything you're such a 
fucking asshole sometimes. Like, Freddy always takes out his anger on people that he can pick on. He'll never just take shit out on people his own size. Like, he won't say anything to fucking Effie, of course. He won't say anything to Cook. He just stares at them, but he has no problem yelling at his sister or JJ or anyone that it's easier for him to pick on. So that frustrates me about Freddy. That's like a character flaw that really annoys me, but whatever. This starts a fight between Cook, Freddy, and JJ. They're sort of just literally finally having a physical brawl. And the truth comes out. Cook is all fucked up with pill eyes and blood all over his face. And that side effect of the truth coming out with these pills comes out. And he says to Freddy, she loves you, you know. That's why I pop Panda, which, like, makes me laugh, because it's just so... The phrasing is funny. Panda's popped. But um, there's a moment of clarity for Cook. We finally hear him being honest and saying, Effie loves you, Freddy. She just fucks me because she can't handle the fact that she loves you. And Freddy's like, what? (laughs) And then Thomas hears Cook talking about fucking Panda, and he's so pissed. Because of course he is, so he's about to go beat the shit out of Cook, and JJ and Freddy are like, no, 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 it's okay. Truly, no one is having a good time at this point. Emily's outside crying because she's just so stressed about the way that Katie's gonna treat her now that Katie knows that she's gay, and she's just really scared of her response, even though it seems like Katie will be pretty accepting of it, but of course it's terrifying for Emily, so... She's like, I can't go home tonight. And JJ's really cute. And he's like, basically, you can stay at my place. And then we see his little hamster at home, which is very cute. And so, yeah, Emily stays over. And he's, I mean, Bristol's best, hands down. I did not notice a single person's outfit except Cook's, like, grimy, stained polo shirt, which is disgusting. But best outfit is JJ and his teddy bear jammies. They're so cute. So, Bristol's best, JJ, for the pajama jams, and Emily's like, if you want to be my friend, like, you basically have to be (laughs) less of a fucking dork, so take off your pajamas and come in bed with me, and JJ's just absolutely gobsmacked, of course, by this, so he's like, okay, and there's this moment of the sexual fluidity that we see a lot in skins, like Tony with Maxi and just a lot of the queer characters or even straight characters having queer moments. So Emily says, hey, I'm gay, but I'm a lot of things and you're my friend. So she's basically doing him a favor that he's going to lose his virginity. So they have sex as friends, which is very sweet. And JJ's so happy at the end. Like, I'm proud of him for standing up for himself And he even says to Emily when they're sitting outside out of the club, like, it's too early to tell how this night's going to impact everything. I'm proud of him for standing up for himself, for standing up to the bully kids, and for losing his virginity, and it's really sweet. And I'm just so proud of JJ. He looks so happy. And at the end, we see his mom, who clearly just worries about him a lot, and That's basically all we see about his home life is that his mom really loves him and cares about him and is worried about him. So at the end of the episode, the last shot is her smiling because she can just see that he's happy and he's sort of grabbing life by 
Cook's balls. Ew, sorry. <laughs> Figure of speech. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. Anyway, so yeah, it's a great episode. And the next one, oh my god, I'm going to have my friend Felicia come over this week and we're going to record together for the next episode, which is Effie. I think that's the name of the episode, but it's an Effie-centric one. It's chaotic as F and another pun. I'm so good today with the puns. Anyway, great episode. Love JJ. Such a great character. And him and Emily's friendship is so sweet. And we'll be back next week. It's going to be an exciting one. We're getting to the end of season three. And then there's a whole season four to see where things go with this cast. So thank goodness for that. I hope you guys all have a great week. If you're on Bama Rush TikTok, just know I'm keeping an eye out too. I can't believe Michaela got dropped from every sorority. What the fuck? But whatever. Anyway, as always, at Oh Wow the Podcast on Instagram, I post on the YouTube and the Reddit, and you guys can feel free to chit chat with me. And have a beautiful week. Okay, thanks. Bye.